Do what you love. Love what you do. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good day. Whenever it may be, True 7 Nation, thank you for listening in. Man, it has already been a year already. Happy New Year. I want to begin by saying that. But it's already been a heavy year, and we are just barely a weekend. And when I say heavy, I don't mean heavy like a heavy heart, but just intense, some in-depth dialogue and based on what has happened these first seven days i know it's going to be a great 2021 21 i'm just going to go ahead and put that out there a couple things i want to talk about today i'm part of a cohort where we are presenting to a group of college students and i'm facilitating a couple of sessions And as a group of facilitators, we were talking about a couple topics and we landed on this one topic of listening and teaching as listening and telling your story and different things like that. So I listened to the podcast that they wanted us to go through and I jotted some notes down because there were some key themes and different things that it brought to mind and just a couple points I wanted to share with you guys. So curious to hear your take on it, uh, using listening as a means of teaching. Uh, <clears throat> as I was listening to the podcast, one thing that was brought to mind, most people, if we ask if they are a good listener, most people are going to say, yeah, I'm a good listener. And most people are intentional about listening and being a good listener. What I have found out and what I realized about myself is initially going into a conversation, I am a great listener. I am an immaculate listener. Oftentimes, until I hear something that I don't want to hear or I don't want to agree with. And let me back up and give you some context. As we're starting a conversation, it's easy to listen because you're trying to get information. But once you've received information and somewhat formed an opinion, oftentimes people, myself included, we stop listening because we've heard what has triggered our thought process and our belief. And that's what we want to stick to. So we no longer continue to listen to what the person is saying. We no longer listen to the explanations or the uh, expounding on the topic or whatever it is that we're discussing we heard what we heard and oftentimes we allow that to be the end all be all we do not continue to listen so oftentimes we don't continue to grow we don't continue to learn just wanted to point that out because it was eye-opening in some time that I've shared with a couple of colleagues of mine as I said we're facilitating these sessions and it was great to hear The point about silence, we hear pausing and its impact and the impact of silence and all of that. And I just needed to be reminded that oftentimes silence is where learning is taking process. Allow opportunities for people to process information. Allow people to sit in silence. Sitting in this silence is where people are learning and processing information. I know a lot of you that are listening 
you're very intelligent, you're well educated, and you have a lot to offer. We have to be careful of sending information like it's coming through a fire hydrant and just pounding and pounding and pounding information without the time to process. So allow that silence for people to process. Now, as we dug deeper into this concept of listening as a method of teaching, the point about controlling the learning was raised. And oftentimes the facilitator, the teacher or whomever, the moderator, they are there to quote unquote control the learning. But in actuality, participants should control this learning. And let me dig a little bit deeper. And I'm not just repeating this because it's what I heard. I'm repeating it because to a certain degree, I believe in it. The gentleman went on to further say, let the students lead and take the assignment where they want it to go. Oftentimes we have an agenda, we have a start, we have a middle and we have an end. And yes, I understand we have to land the plane and get there, but there are multiple routes, there are multiple routes of getting there. And we should allow these students, the agency, which is a new term that I learned or autonomy or freedom or leeway, we should allow them the opportunity to lead the class or make the route and, and go in the direction that best suits them. As teachers and facilitators, it's our job and our role to help them think through this information, help them grow into things, help them grow into their confidence, awareness, different things like that. It's not to plant information in their head, but pull information out and make them think, allow them to route the journey. So participants should control the learning. We should be comfortable allowing students to be where they are and wherever they are. We have to meet them there. We don't we, we don't want to pull them to where we want them to be. We have to meet them to where they are, allow them to continue to think, continue to matriculate on some things and allow that growth to take place through self-reflection and different things of that nature. Over the last couple of days, I made this note of be no do and I hate that I don't have the person that I got it from. It's a leadership model. I believe it's a military leadership model and I actually didn't go in depth on their explanation. I wanted to put my own explanation on it. I wanted to put my own energy on it. Be no do. Be who you are. Be who I am. Who I am is key. Be no do. Be. Be who I am. No, know who I am, know who you are. Are you a winner? You're a loser. You're a competitor. Who are you? Know who I am. Know, know who you are. It's as simple as that. Know who you are and do be no do. Do the things that reflect who you are. If you say you are something, let your walk, let your life represent what it is that you say you are. Be no do. Be who I am, know who I am, and do the things that reflect who I am. Be no do. Put your own twist on it, but I just wanted to throw that out in the atmosphere. And on the heels of that, I think maybe in the same article, the question was raised, who do you want to be right now? And it's in response to certain things, certain triggers, how we respond. Who do I want to be right now? It's about pausing and asking yourself that question, who do I want to be right now in my response? 
who do I want to show based on how, how I am going to respond to this? Who do I want to be right now? And as we transition, I want to reflect on a post that I posted. I'll read it and then I'll give some context to it. It started out by saying, are we getting information from the wrong places? Talking to your homies, your homeboys or your girlfriends. Yeah, that's great. It's great to have peers to bounce some things off of. But in my opinion, talking with a professional is better. There's good and there's better. Opinions. Whew. Opinions, which are rampant nowadays. They're not facts. There are so many flippant opinions out there. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, women and children, opinions are not facts, regardless of how loud, how passionate or how often someone states it. You can say it a hundred times. It's still an opinion. Opinions are just that. They're opinions. They are not facts. They're easy to give. Yet in this information age, they often lack accountability. Everyone's giving their opinion with no accountability. I think there's a new social media. I saw someone made a statement about it just being another platform or another forum for people to voice their opinions with no credibility and also no accountability as well. Not to knock, but just giving my opinion on it, if you will. So in this time and age, this day and age, we don't need a second opinion. We need sound doctrine, which in my opinion is this professional help. Today, we do not need a second opinion. We need sound doctrine. The same way we go to the gym, the same way we go to the dentist, the same way we go see our primary care, we should make professional therapist, therapy, whatever it is, we should have, we should allow them to have a seat at the table also. So the same way you have a dentist, you should have a therapist. The same way you have a personal trainer, you should have a mental trainer. The same way you have a primary care, you should have somebody for your, your, your mental care and for your brain. And I ended with this. How do you feel about talking with the professional? Is it something we should do? Is it something that's necessary? Or should it be looked at with the same connotations that we've been looking at professional help for the last however many years? And when I say we, I say the majority of what gets publicized. So let's make seeking professional help. Let's normalize that the same way we normalize going to the gym and going to the dentist and going to our primary care. I'm going to leave you guys with this. The first seven days of 2021 has been wrapped up and a lot of people talk about resolutions, goals, different things, whatever you want to call it. Everybody has their version of it. I'm going to call it resolutions because that's what most people can relate to. You call it what you choose, whatever works for you, put that name on it. I have multiple goals for 2021, but I just want to bring three out front. So, you know, it's out in the open and there's accountability to it. First and foremost, I wrote this down second, but uh, I had to make sure I had my priorities in first. But number one resolution, put God first. I know if I'm putting God first, whatever I put my hands to, whenever I put my hands on the plow, it will be successful because he will be in the midst of it. 
That is what I have to do first and foremost in 2021-21. The second one, start making mistakes. I realize at the end of the year, this is, I'm going into my second year of business. I've been on my own for a little bit more than a year and I've been kind of passive. I haven't been aggressive enough. I had a great fiscal 20. I hit both of my financial targets for a true seven CBD and true seven life. My consulting, it is going well. It is going great. I'm enjoying it, but I realize I am not taking enough risk. So my number two resolution is to start making mistakes, fail miserably, fail fearlessly, but I have to get aggressive and start making mistakes. And in order to start making mistakes, I have to take risk. I've been too calculated in 2019 and yeah, it's been great, but I believe in order to get to that next level of greatness, I have to start taking risk. And to that point, I want to end with this. Do what you love, love what you do. As I said, I've consult with other people and brands and companies. I facilitate sales leadership and management trainings. I love doing this. I absolutely love doing this. So I am doing what I love. What I realized is sometimes I'm not loving it while I'm doing it. There's a difference. Do what you love, love what you do. I'm doing what I love, but I wasn't always loving what I was doing and what I've gathered is my mind just needs to slow down and remain present you guys know one of my favorite phrases is be where your feet are and I realize a lot of times I'm not being where my feet are because unfortunately I'm concerned and consumed with the next thing and getting to the next step so I got to make sure I practice what I preach and I remain present so I can love what I am doing. I have to remain present and focused on the most important thing. And the most important thing is that that is in front of me. Randy Comerser, he's an attorney and I think he's one of the CEOs of TiVo. He said, and then there's the most dangerous risk of all, the risk of spending your life not doing what you want on the bet you can buy yourself the freedom to do it later. The most dangerous risk of all the risk of spending your life not doing what you want on the bet that you can buy yourself the freedom to do it later. Love what you do and do what you love. Thanks for listening in. We'll see you in two weeks.